On this episode of the Competing for Christ podcast, we are talking with collegiate football player Keegan McCormick-Reamer on his journey and more specifically, the balance of being satisfied versus wanting more. For athletes out there, it is so difficult to feel content when everyone and everything around you is striving to be better and wanting the next best thing. We have to ask ourselves where that line is, that fine balance between you know, feeling like you have it all covered, yet still push yourself to be the best person, the best Christ follower you can be. And I think there is room for both in our time as athletes and on this earth, but for each and every one of us, we have to determine where that line is and when we should strive to be better and when we should strive to feel content on what Jesus has given us. Keegan brings a great perspective to this episode as he struggles with finding this balance as well, yet he relies on the Lord through this process. Through injuries, scholarship losses, and more trials in his life, he hasn't lost that faith, and you will definitely be able to tell that. Thanks for tuning in today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it means so much to me every single week, every single episode, but without further ado, let's get into it today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and joining me today is Keegan McCormick-Reamer. Keegan, I can't thank you enough for coming on today, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on and just you know talk about your life, your football career, and obviously the big topic we're talking about today is finding that balance of satisfaction and wanting more, uh, something that I know I've struggled with. Um, I'm sure that every athlete has definitely struggled with in their career, but let's start us off. You know, Keegan, I would love to know more about you know your background and how Christ has affected your life uh, and your view on sports, really. Um, well, for me, it's more so um, there's you can't really do well in anything without Christ. For me, that's just how I, I really look at things. Um, so, but to, to answer the question, I think it's it was it all started more so when it was more of an off the field thing that made me realize I need him not just off the field but on the field. Um, you know, I wasn't really I started football in eighth grade. I wasn't like a you know a, a prodigy who started in like you know, right when they were born and stuff. So I, I didn't play as long as the other kids. But um, but once I, like, you know, I thought I could do everything myself. I thought, you know, oh, these are, like, I'm making these plays. I'm doing this. But once I started, you know, I got baptized and I started really, like, putting my, you know, thoughts into the Bible and really, like, believing in what I'm reading. Because, um, you know, sometimes you read and you just, you just read. But now that I'm, you know, reading and believing what I'm reading and wholeheartedly, like, seeing it through, it, you'll see a change in your life. You'll see a change in your play. There's there's nobody who could tell me you won't see a change in how you just live. So that's that's the biggest, that's one of the big ways uh, it, it's helped me in sports. Um, and it's the driving force for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for our listeners out there, I would love if you just explained, you know, your background, your, your, your upbringing and, you know, just how God is, <clears throat> God has really blessed your, your life and your siblings lives just your entire uh process growing up oh uh, yeah i mean it's it's a crazy story um so there's 15 kids um all of us are all adopted wow. um, we, we are all from different parts i'm uh, originally from haiti um but we grew up in michigan farms and hills detroit area and it's just all different walks of life i mean you have 
we have some kids that we got, you know, that were in some homelessness situations. We have some kids that we got that were um, in, in, you know, pretty stable situations, but, you know, the parents couldn't afford them. Um, so it's just all different walks of life. And it really, it, you know, it's, it's a, I would call it a blended family, but it's definitely my family. Um, love them to pieces, love them to death. And it's, it's, we're all Christians. We all see that, you know, that's needed to, to really, it, it brought our household together. I mean, quite simply, it brought us all together. So yeah, it's just a very, very long journey in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. How, how did you manage 15 siblings? That, that must've been an experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, so I'm like in the upper middle in terms of, okay. I was adopted first. Um, and then they just kept adopting more and more. So I, you know, me just, I was adopted near birth. So I, I kind of just grew up around more and more people showing up. Um, and, you know, obviously there's different personalities that you have to adjust to, but I mean, now for the most part, I mean, as you can imagine, it's most of them are, it's only three girls in the family, the rest are boys. So, um, you have, you know, wrestling matches every day, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot, but it was you're you're never bored and you're never alone. Not in this family. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you know you are uh, better a better person because you have all 14 of those siblings or 15 of those siblings. Uh, and I'm I I can't even imagine that. But that's awesome though. But you know, Keegan, how have you been able to emphasize Christ in your life? Even though some you know hard times, maybe you know you you're. Uh, struggle in your athletic career, maybe sometimes. How how are you able to you know keep Christ at the forefront and the center of what you do? Um, for me, it's more. It's it, it was. I would have to say, yeah. There, there's been a lot of struggles and and just going through. There was a time where I you know lost my scholarship. I broke my throwing hand, and um, mm. they, they the scholarship was pulled. And basically, just understanding that there's a higher power who can do more for me than somebody taking my scholarship. Mm. Uh, just knowing that there's somebody above. Like we all look at our head coaches as, oh, that's like, you know, we almost put them as God because they tell us what we do every day. They take us where we need to be. And it's just like we almost idolize them. And um, the biggest thing, you know, well, not the biggest thing, but one of the things I've read in the Bible is that you're not supposed to idolize any human being. So once you realize that and once you actually sit down, get in prayer and like talk to God, you know, show, tell him about your situation. He hears everything. And, and it might not be on your time. Like it wasn't, I didn't get the scholarship I wanted right then and there, but he's directed me here and he keeps bringing me out of situations. So if you give him time, he'll show you. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because, you know, as we record this last night, I literally gave a talk on, you know, not putting your coaches, not putting your parents or teammates, not not putting them on that pedestal and trying to impress them. You're supposed to, you know, work hard to impress God uh, because that's who gave you those abilities to do so. That That's a great point. And I'm sure like just like every other athlete, that has been a struggle for, for you. It was a struggle for myself. Um, but what has been the hardest part about chasing your dream of playing, you know, professional football, essentially? The hardest part would be just, not you're not really in control of anything mm. the hopes and the prayers that you put up to god and you're also in you know just hoping that people can see you uh, there's so many players in this country from so many different areas so many different schools a lot bigger schools than where i might be at so just knowing that like you have to give your all every day you have to be your best every day and even if you are your best and you give your all every day i've seen people who are all those things but you know they they disregard god they disregard you know some of his words sometimes and that'll no, nobody will say it. Nobody will believe it. But to me, that's the reason why you weren't, he'll, you know, he'll open doors and he'll close them and he'll bring you 
where you need to be. And I, I'm just blessed enough to, to that this is where you know he needs me to be, and he's directing me there. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a lot of it's it's a lot of battling because you know how many people are actually out there, and just staying focused through you know the ten page papers, the uh, the long nights of studying. This it's not. I, I just wish a lot of people, a lot more people would know. Like it's a job. It's it's kind of a job. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, any athlete, especially in college, you are grinding every single day, not even just on the field, but in the classroom, in, you know, trying to trying to have some friends, some social life. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a constant grind. But, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, for the listener's sake, what is your background in football? Obviously, you said you, you know, you lost that scholarship at one point. What has that journey been like for you, and why have you felt like God's calling you to be a professional football player? Um, well, for, it's like a big to to give you a, a um, to make a big story short. I started off in eighth grade, um, played tight end. I was terrible. <laughs> um, I was holding every play. I was smaller than everybody. Um, it was bad. So freshman year of high school, I get to be the quarterback, starting quarterback. Um, never played quarterback. Never really played football. Uh, went 0-9, and, and it, that was kind of a turning point where I was like, okay, you know, what am I missing here? What, what, what am I doing wrong here? And I always had kind of a, a feel for the game. Um, I played receiver, any anything I with, you know, that touched the ball, I, I pretty much played. But I wanted to be a quarterback, and I just – I always had an arm, and I think God will give you the tools in the beginning, and you got to go out and, and figure out how to make those tools, you know, how to perfect what he gave you. I feel like he gave me that arm a long time ago. I just need to get in the right position to figure that out. And sophomore years when it came to like a culmination and I actually got to play quarterback. Um, I actually knew what I was doing and, and things kind of took off from there. And it kind of, in my freshman year, we had, we lost 80 to 14 to Bethune Cookman oh. on ESPN2. Yeah. Yeah. On ESPN2 live television, I was terrible to say the least and um that you i had to lean on god i mm. mean there was nobody else oh there's nobody can tell you anything that's gonna make you feel better in that situation so just praying for another chance praying for another opportunity praying for another um praying that people didn't you know forget about me or, or just let me go because of that and then realizing you know he's never gonna let me go god's never gonna just let me go by the wayside he's he did that for a reason maybe i was too cocky at the time maybe i was too you know, maybe I was just not prepared for myself, wasn't taking it seriously. And he humbled me. And since then, I've worked as hard as I possibly could. So that's, that's been a huge part of my journey. But I met uh, Destroying. He's a uh, famous YouTuber for uh, the one-on-ones and stuff. And he's really poured into me. He's really um, put me around some really big NFL names to help me be what I need to be in just training. So that's kind of what's propelled me at this point. Wow. Wow. And that's, that is such a great mindset too. Uh, you know, especially you lost 80 to 14. Like why, first of all, why would Bethune Cookman run up the score that much? (laughs) Like, come on. You thought the dolphins was bad. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the reason was, but yeah, I love that mindset of God used that for a purpose and you might've not saw it then you might still not see it now. Um, but you know, there is a purpose for that for sure. And there's a purpose of why you're, where you're at today. But yeah, I, I really want to discuss today, like finding that balance between being satisfied, staying satisfied and wanting more because every, I, I think every athlete as 
at some point wanted to be a better athlete. Uh, I hope, you know, each day you want to be a better athlete, but at the same time, you, you are still wanting to be satisfied in some, some way. So has it been difficult for you to, in finding that balance between that? Very much. It still is to this day. I mean, you always, um, even outside of sports, I mean, you, you're in the working world now. So it's like, Oh, I have a job that, you know, might offer more money, but I don't have family time. I don't have a social life or, you know, like everybody wants more um, comfortability, more, you know, money, more, whatever your vice may be. And for me, yeah, I still struggle with that to this day. It's, it's tough. Um, I know how we're supposed to be as Christians, but it's very tough when growing up. I mean, it's just, it's just hard when you see these people with all these things and you're like, okay, I can get there. I can do that. I can, you know, that's what I want to obtain. And I'm so close. Let me just keep pushing. But God wants you to not chase the money, the, you know, the women, the the comfortability. He wants you to be uncomfortable coming up. So that way you can, he'll, he'll take care of all those things. You know, he'll find you, you'll get the job, just follow the plan. He'll get you the job. And for me, it's, yeah, it's just very, it's still a very big struggle. I'm um, just trying to not get too greedy with like, you know, taking a deep pass when the check down's wide open. You might want them the big play, but you know, you just got to learn to take what God's giving you. Take what the defense is giving you. You know, I, I think it's really, um, it's tough on your body sometimes to, to keep to wanting, keep wanting to push more, uh, because I know I've gotten injured literally because of that. What, do you think it's unhealthy for athletes to take it too far, whether it's with their bodies or with their minds or what it, whatever it may be? Oh, especially mentally. I don't think mental health in the athletic field, it's being talked about more, but it's still just not as big of a deal as it needs to be. Yeah. Um, all, you know, quote unquote gladiators. So we just, you know, get out there, figure out how to finish it. And that's kind of the mindset that's pressed upon us by our coaches and then, you know, your teammates and you don't want to let them down. So you just, you kind of forget about your mental health and you go home and you just kind of tuck it away. And that's, you know, that's one big thing that I would like to help change in the athletic world is just being comfortable with coaches, giving players a space of, Hey, you know, mental health is just as bad as, you know, a broken arm. If, if you think, if you can't, you know, have a clear mind, you're, you're kind of not really useful on the football field. So I just think we, you know, there is such a thing as too much and, and definitely physically, I mean, physically is, that's the biggest, you know how it is, weight lifting every day and, and running every day. It's, it's, we tend to know our own body, but coaches, you know, want to push that as they should. But they, I think they should start listening more about how our body truly feels. Mm-hmm. How do you think, in your opinion, in your perspective, how would you, um, you know, either want coaches or athletic trainers or anybody, what would you want them to know about mental health in athletics? Um, that it fluctuates a win, a loss, you know, maybe a death at home that nobody's aware about, maybe, you know, a financial situation that nobody's aware about, Um, maybe a friend, you know, you're having troubles with, you know, girlfriend, friend. Um, There's a lot of things that fluctuate it as a college student. And, um, you know, we're all, we're all poor in college. Let's let's just call it. (laughs) So um, when you're trying to get meals and you're trying to just stay alive, um, you know, football, yeah, it's on your mind, but when you come home and there's nothing but a bologna sandwich, sometimes you got to that needs to be taken into account. So just mm. checking on players, checking on, you know, the, the simple question of how's your family doing? Or, you know, are you coming to church this Sunday? Or, you know, like, like is there anything you need? Just those simple things I think will go a long way. Yeah, that's huge. And I think you, you really hit the nail on the head by saying, like, it's becoming a, 
increasingly uh, more prevalent topic. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, professional athletes speaking out on that really helps it a lot. I mean, you have athletes like Kevin Love that are sitting because they don't want to push that any further. And I think that's really great for every athlete out there to, to really prioritize that in their lives. I, I think that you mentioned this too, like we can idolize certain things in sports. And I, I think that success can definitely be an idol in your life. What do you do to remind yourself that, you know, Christ should be the one you idolize, not this success or glory or whatever it may be? Oh, well, my high school coach always said, you play for a crowd of one and that's God. So hey, your parents are there. Yeah. You know, your family, friends are there, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you should have no nerves because you're playing for an audience of one. And that's kind of why I, I, I don't really feel too nervous most times. Cause the only one, there's only one man who can judge you. So everybody's going to have an opinion, but there's only one man who can really put down a judgment on you. So that, that to me is, is, um, that kind of helps with it to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Why, why do you think it is such a struggle for athletes? Because, I know for, you know, when I played sports, it was, I always wanted to try to impress somebody, whether it was my parents or a coach or a scout. It was always something, man. Like, why is it in our minds that we want that earthly success when we always know that it's not going to satisfy us? I think it's kind of how we're built. Um, Mm. Not even just as athletes, maybe just as people. I mean, I think... um, on earth we're oppressed to you know if you want this standard of a woman you need you know this much money or you need to be able to you know do this many things in life or hey if you want you know this standard of living you need to have you know this kind of degree this kind of stuff so you're always pushed by whether it be social media or whether it be you know just the way life has been um in the united states forever like maybe you're just pushed to obtain things because if you don't obtain things like it's more of a who are you I don't really think that's how it should be, but it's, it's, it turns into a who are you? And that's people don't want to be just a, you know, just a person, who, you know, who is on the earth as long as they're on the earth and then they're gone. You know, you want to do something in your time on earth. And I think the struggle comes into where, like, people are pressing to, they're forcing situations to make sure that they're remembered, to make sure that they can have the standard of living when you're right. It's not, you can't get buried with a Ferrari. You, you can't go to heaven with a Ferrari, so... Um, it's, it's fun to, it'd be nice to have, but at the end of the day, if you're not meant to have it, you just got to understand that. And, and you can have joy in many other areas, like having, you know, a child, having a child and raising that child and watching them be successful. That's a joy that, you know, a Ferrari can't really amount to. So, yeah, yeah. there was a, there's a famous quote that says, you can never, you never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You never like, no, you can't bring, you can't bring anything. You can't bring anything when you're gone. I think that's a really great point. But Keegan, what has God taught you about trusting in his plan and, you know, finding, knowing when the time to want more and knowing when the time to be satisfied is? I would say he's, he's taught a lot. There's been a lot of lessons that I needed to learn, um, you know, good or bad, but trusting in his plan will be more so when my scholarship got taken that was a pivotal point. It's like, okay, I can, I can force some things right now. I can just take a second, pray and see, see what happens. Um, the one thing I wanted to say is like, you know, a lot of people will take it out of context and they'll, and I used to do this. They'll be like, you know, well, if I give it up to God, nothing's going to get done. Cause I'm not working. I'm not like actively doing anything towards it. 
Well, I mean, yeah, you still have to actively, you know, pursue it. But when I when we say give it up to God as Christians, we mean, okay, that stress that's on your, your mind, let it go. Let it go. Be done with it because, you know, God might be testing you. And, and as you just asked, yeah, losing the scholarship, maybe he was trying to see, all right, how bad do you want this? Because you're acting like everybody gets to do this. So how bad do you want this? And that's kind of how I've always taken it and that I – I don't look at it as punishment. I look at it as like, okay, look, he's really close to, to giving this opportunity to somebody else who might be more deserving. I need to tighten up and I need to do better. What was your mindset like when you lost your scholarship? Um, I was, I think depression is a fitting word. Um, mm-hmm. Just being depressed, like this is what I feel like I'm meant to do when I'm letting my family down, I'm letting you know myself down. This is this is what I feel like I'm meant to do. So when I, when I lost the scholarship, it kind of just... I mean, it feels like your world's being taken away from you. You know, we play football since what? Since eighth grade for me. I mean, it's that's all you've done. And that kind of becomes your identity. So you you just start realizing all these things run through your head, like, okay, what do I do now? Do I just go to school? Do I just like be a student? Like like how does, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So how does this work? And it just felt like the world was crashing down. Yeah, I, I got injured in college too, and I had the same experience. Like I didn't know who I was without playing baseball. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know that. And when I was going to class all every day on crutches, I was like, this sucks. This is just so bad. Why do people do this? What do they do after class? You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I think it's, it always resets an athlete's mind whenever an, a, an injury does come because it really shows you like where your priorities lie. It shows you what you are serving. And if it's your sport, well, you, you can't do that anymore. But Keegan, when, what was the turning point after your injury? When did you like rebound and like, what was the next point for you after you lost that scholarship? It was, so I broke the throwing hand. I played two games with the broken throwing hand. Mm. I played, um, and after that, I just used that film to try to let other coaches know, hey, you know, this was a situation, this is what happened. And, and luckily, you know, I was given an opportunity and that kind of propelled me into everything that followed. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't, wasn't where I wanted to be, but it's where I had to be. And, um, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity and it, it definitely, it just propelled me. It, it just made me more hungry, more driven. Um, and it also, you kind of have to, if you're leaning on God in tough situations and you're truly leaning on him, you're going to get closer. And that to me, brought me, you know, even closer. I'm sure that was a, a very tough time uh, for you. And, you know, you, you described depression. That's a really big thing. Keegan, when, when an athlete is struggling like that, how, why, why do you think it's so difficult for athletes to emphasize rest or take a break when it's needed? Because I think break and, breaks and rest is such a, so important for so many athletes out there. Um, even I, I still have a hard time taking a break. Um, yeah. It's like, you're kind of in go mode. It's like you're taught, and especially, you know, with baseball, I think you guys have smaller teams than football. So, like, not as many people get on the team. And if you want to make it on that team, you have to outwork some kid in California that you don't know who, you know, training while you're sleeping. And and you just have that mindset over and over and over. And it's, you know, you can never be good enough. You tell yourself, I think as athletes, we get in our own head and we're our biggest critic. And we say, well, yeah, you know, I swing the bat pretty well, but... I could be stronger. So now you're in the weight room. 
you know, a lot of those things. And for me, it was just like, yeah, I'm probably quarterback pretty well, but I've only been playing since eighth grade. I need to catch up to the kids who've been playing since, you know, middle school. And you just get in your own head. I think you just psych yourself out. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And speaking to any athlete out there that, you know, they, they want to be the best that they can, but they don't know where to start and they don't know when to, you know, feel satisfied. What would your advice be to them, uh, especially as a football player? Please, please, whatever you do, like find satisfaction in little things. Mm. For me, if I couldn't do a three-step drop the right way, when I finally get that down, like take a second and just acknowledge the fact that you got it. You, you did that. And it doesn't have to be a celebration, but just something to let you know, like I took a step forward. We should be happy about this. A lot of times today I'll, you know, I'll do something that I couldn't do before, but I'm just like, okay, but what's next? Like, I need more. And it's okay if there's, if you just take a step back and enjoy your milestones and put your, put your mental health first. I was always told by my dad, you know, if, if you were to die today, there's another kid with, with your scholarship name on it. Nothing personal. It's just how this business works. So you don't need to, to give away your humanity for a game that, you know, will replace you in a second. Mm, that's deep. That, that is deep. Oh my goodness. That's, I mean, that's a good word though. That's really good because when some people see you as a number, God sees you as the child and the love that you are, uh, in every way that, that he does. And Keegan, this has been so enjoyable for me and just talking with you a little bit. I have one more question though, before I let you go, what do you hope people remember about your football career? You know, whether whether you're done playing tomorrow or whether you're done playing 10 years from now, what do you hope people remember about it? The the struggle of it, just understanding that, like, I'm not a first round pick. I'm not, you know, a, you know, blue chip recruit. I didn't have four stars coming out. You know, I, I barely even got to play quarterback in high school. Um, and look at where it's landed me. It's just persistence. I want people to take persistence from this you know not taking no for an answer um and just showing people like actually showing people what it is to like want something um a little sidebar i had to uh (laughs) i don't want to like get myself in trouble but i had to tell my first coach that recruited me i was at um, a ball state camp um you know they were they were choosing between people and typically when you have more offers they they look at you more and i said oh yeah you know i have an offer from uh western michigan Never even spoke to a Western Michigan coach, but because because I wanted to get in the door, um, that's what I did. And it ended up, you know, helping out in, in some ways. But I would advise doing that. But just understand, <laughs> sometimes you have to you have to um, almost I don't want to say, but almost fake it till you make it, because this is a very tough business and it is indeed a business. So just remove your emotions from it. Enjoy the game. Um, enjoy mostly enjoy high school because that's when it's at its purest. But you know, enjoy the game and enjoy the, the struggle and enjoy, embrace everything because at the end of the day, you will get a free degree and they'll be in your position where they can get a good job. They can have their own place and they can live a good life because the sport took them there. They did their job. Yeah, that's great advice. That is so good. Keegan, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It was such an awesome, awesome conversation. I just, I know everything that God has in your future is just going to bless you. And I can't thank you enough for joining me today. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, for all the listeners out there, like every single week, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means more to us than you know. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. The best news I can tell you today 
Jesus loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to y'all next time.